0: Hello and welcome to For Narnia and For Aslan. Today I have an interview with the lovely, the wonderful, the intelligent, Jen Woo! (laughs) who is a friend of Katie and I. And we actually lived together in college. Jen, how's it going?
1: It's good. Yeah, it's really rainy. (laughs) I'm in Seattle, so that's kind of gloomy, but it's also very cozy, so I'm doing well.
0: It's rainy here, too. In fact, you might hear thunder while we're chatting. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. So, Jen, I was thinking about it, and I feel like we have a super fun crossover relationship between you and me and Katie, because you and I lived together for two years in college, and then Katie joined us for our senior year, right?
1: I lived with you guys the summer before senior year, so I had her beat by, like, three months.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then you and I shared dance in college. Yes. Meanwhile, you and Katie shared a major. Yeah, English majors. Yeah, and Katie and I shared a major as well with theology. She was one of those cool people who double majored. So annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Why would you do that to yourself? Way too smart for the rest Honestly. of us. Honestly. <laughs> so listeners, a really great thing happened this past weekend. It was the fact that Katie got married to the love of her hey. life, Manosh. Yeah, that's fine, I
1: guess. It was so fun. <laughs> it was great. It was very fun.
0: <laughs> it was so fun and just joyful. Like pure joy.
1: Yeah, she was glowing. It was lovely.
0: She was. Jen, paint a picture for us. Let's all just close our eyes and just imagine Katie the bride and Manoj the groom. Okay,
1: so first the setting. Picture the most stereotypical Washington forest woods retreat center in Leavenworth, Washington. And then two incredibly attractive human beings who are glowing (laughs) with love, marrying each other out in the woods. So many bright colors. The flowers were beautiful. Mm -hmm. Katie's dress was navy blue, which I loved.
0: So So many
1: great details. And... So their smiles are the memory I kind of took away. They were just so happy, and it was lovely. They never
0: stopped smiling. No, it was
1: great. I'm sure their faces hurt afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. At one point, the photographer was like, so let's just take a serious photo, <laughs> and Katie couldn't stop yeah, laughing. Yeah, no thanks.
1: <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Why would you want a serious photo?
0: <laughs> and then the food was so good. I loved Indian that. food, of course. Yes, and I
1: loved that it was all vegetarian. I really appreciated that. Mm.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Great dance floor, too.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that paneer curry. That was delicious.
0: So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, dear listeners, now you can just take that image away with a bit of jealousy in your heart, but not too much, <laughs> and know that it was a delight. It was. <laughs> Jumping right in, I asked Jen to be on the podcast today because Jen is passionate about Susan Pevensey, and I love that for her because, honestly, not very many people are, and that just kind of bums me out. So we're going to talk about that and why Susan matters. I have a lot of strong feelings about Susan. (laughs) As you should. She's great. Uh, She is. So jumping right in, how do you feel Lewis wants us to perceive Susan?
1: So I really think it depends on the book you're reading. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Prince Caspian. You probably get the best idea of her character. Her traits are she's very gentle and caring. She's really strong and athletic, and she's practical in a lot of ways. And her practicality, I think, is where Lewis really brings out both her strengths and her flaws, like she's the one in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe who says that they should bring the winter coats with them. Oh, totally. But that practicality also gets in the way in Prince Caspian where she's being really stubborn and thinks she has the best route figured out and isn't willing to trust Lucy on faith that she's seen Aslan. So you see the best of the worst in her in that trait. And I think that's a really interesting part of her character. And she's also really mothering. I think that's a good thing, but I also think it's written in a pretty gendered way that I have complicated feelings about. Totally. And I do get the sense sometimes reading them that I'm not sure C.S. Lewis values her as much as a character as he does the other siblings. Hmm. We really don't get as much of her as we do the siblings. There just doesn't feel as much investment in her character a lot of the time. If I'm being really cynical about it, sometimes it just feels like she's there because he needed two sisters, not because he needs necessarily like loves her
0: character. Ouch, yeah.
1: But you know, you can read that different ways. I really feel like that in the last battle because the ending she gets is awful and I hate it.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's brutal. And of course we try not to give anything away, but this is kind of an exception. I can put it in the notes that we do have a spoiler. Go ahead and just share what happens. Yeah, with Susan oh, it's at the end.
1: so hard to talk about her character without talking about the ending. Basically, the last battle is the Book of Revelation, and so the three siblings show up. There's been a train accident, so basically they've died, and they go to Narnia heaven at the end. <laughs> and <laughs> Susan's the only one not there, and it's just this one paragraph. That's all we get. It's very dismissive. Lucy doesn't seem to really care, and this is the way she tells it. Just that. Oh, Susan, she forgot about Narnia. She's not a friend of Narnia anymore. She got really into lipstick and nylons.
0: And that's oh, all I hate we get. That.
1: <laughs> it's so frustrating. And the hard
0: thing is about that that it really grates me. Yes is that lipstick and nylons I guess are unimportant like right. they don't matter but like what is wrong with lipstick Nothing. and nylons?
1: well nylons aren't fashionable Nothing. anymore so that'd be my only critique there
0: <laughs> but
1: lipstick is great it's so fun so yeah. yeah C.S. Lewis loves smoking I'm sorry lipstick's never gonna give you cancer like come on <laughs> true yeah so if you're looking at the last battle he really writes her as this vain superficial kind of dumb feminine woman who's lost sight of Narnia and her true purpose. And she doesn't get to go to Narnia heaven. And her entire family has just died in a train accident is where she's left at the oh, end of this book. it's so rough. So you just really don't get a lot. And all you get is horrible in this book.
0: <laughs> yeah, particularly in Prince Caspian. She's shown in a really rough light as yes. well there.
1: And it feels, you know, those are very, the light she's shown in, it's not good. It feels very real to me. Like, I feel like she'd be the friend on a hike who just can't power through and is really grumpy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and letting it get the best of her and so it feels very real but when that's all we get of her and we don't get to see as much of her positive traits we only get these little glimpses in passing almost it just she doesn't feel as fully developed.
0: Mm. So with all of this in mind how does the way that you view her differ from Lewis's perspective?
1: So I'm pretty biased.
0: <laughs> as we all are.
1: Yeah, like, I always loved her as a kid. You know, she's beautiful. She's the gentle one. She's very loving to her siblings. I'm an oldest sister. So I have a ton of bias there because obviously I had to pick my favorite as the oldest sister.
0: (laughs) Well, and you're a ballerina. Right. And I think that makes perfect sense that you would be attracted to the one that is beautiful and gentle. Yeah,
1: for sure. But I feel like, you know, for the first books that she's in, I probably match Lewis with how he presents her. I like the traits that she has. She's strong. She's athletic. She's the one who can swim really well. She gets her moment with archery. So I love all of those qualities about her. And I I just always really appreciated her. I think she's a cool person, which is why the ending Mm -hmm. she gets makes me so upset. And I just see so much more potential for her character than I think C.S. Lewis put into writing her. And I love, there's a lot of fan fiction. If you actually Google Susan deserved better, there's so much that comes up online.
0: No way. Just
1: with people who kind of wrote alternate endings for her. I think Neil Gaiman wrote one.
0: Oh my God. I love
1: that. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff on Susan because people just felt really upset by this ending and felt like it was really undeserved. So I love picturing her with her lipstick and nylons, like off in a city working and having friends and investing in her life there after she gets kicked out of Narnia and doesn't get to go back and being really present in her life. I could also see her living in the country, raising a family and just being the most put together soccer mom ever and just (laughs) like being so good at that and loving her family really well.
0: Well, and I feel like there's so many valid points to the idea that like she was told she would not come Mm -hmm. back to Narnia. So go live your life. Go make something of yourself. Yeah,
1: if we value being present in our world, then of course that makes sense she would do that.
0: Right. Jen, why do you think your perspective is so different from Lewis's? Like, where does this come from?
1: Well, he's an old white dude, so
0: there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's talk about that.
1: You know, he writes so many different characters really well yeah, and a lot of different types of personalities, but it just feels like he has this massive blind spot when it comes to a specific type of very feminine woman. I think I remember you two talking about it in The Horse and His Boy, where he just has this disdain for a certain type of girly girl kind of person.
0: Right. It's viewed as a silliness.
1: Yes. And doesn't see any value in that kind of approach to the world or way of existing. It just feels so so dismissive in a lot of places. And I think his work suffers for it. I think there's so much more potential if he had really appreciated those characters and written them in a more nuanced way. And it feels honestly with Susan, like he's sacrificing her character in order to teach a really biased lesson at the end of his books and just like slip in one more little like, oh, you can't wear lipstick if you want to be a godly woman kind of thing, which... I hmm. do not agree with. And there's so many other characters in the books that are really flawed and vain in a lot of ways. And they all get these really beautiful redemptive stories. Edmund literally betrays his family and gets he becomes one of the coolest characters in the books and just has this beautiful arc. Eustace straight up sucks when he shows up. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> awful and then he gets this amazing story afterwards. Reepicheep is super yeah. vain with his tail.
0: I was going to say she makes me think of yes. Reepicheep, but he receives redemption. He
1: does, and that's just a part of his character that's accepted. And it gets to be his quirky, lovable character flaw, but Susan isn't shown that same nuance or understanding in how she's written. Hmm. And if she truly did leave Narnia behind at the end of the books, I just want so much more than (laughs) the dismissive, condescending paragraph that we get telling us why.
0: Absolutely. I wonder how much of this has affected young girls as they read Narnia. Yeah. If they view Susan as someone they don't want to be like, I must be like Lucy, I cannot be like Susan, therefore I shouldn't do this or that. Right. I shouldn't view myself in this way or that way. Especially
1: because Susan, like for me, I loved Susan and then I got to the last battle and was like, wait a second. And it really kind of fed into my disdain and like attitude against girly girls for a little bit that I had.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I totally went through that phase where I was like, pink is basically. A bad word. Yep. Like <laughs> to be a girly girl is to mm-hmm. have failed. And there is absolutely no reason right. to feel that way except that the world views women as lesser. Yes. That for a boy to be called girly Mm -hmm. or even for a girl to be called girly is a put down yes what i know where did that (laughs) idea come from right that makes no sense
1: like i'm sorry queen susan could shoot an apple off your head with an arrow from like a million yards away so let's not be doing that yeah
0: it's just a ridiculous idea yes that to be girly is to be less. Exactly. It makes no sense. No,
1: no. So Lewis uses clothes and fashion, if you want to call it that, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to describe characters and that has a lot of value in how he develops oh, yeah. their characters. But then you get, oh, but it's lipstick and nylons and it's a modern day thing. And then it becomes a bad thing. It's like, what makes
0: Mm, interesting? Yeah. What makes
1: medieval style clothing and that form of fashion more valuable than modern day lipstick? It's just because it's modern and you have a bee in your bonnet about modern fashion or something.
0: (laughs) Oh, I've never noticed that.
1: It bothers me.
0: (laughs) As it should. Jen, what can we learn from Susan? I think there's a lot to learn
1: from her, even though we don't get enough of her character, in my opinion.
0: The biggest one, you can be
1: a Christian and wear lipstick and be a girly girl and be of the world. I think this... (sighs) This can be a really complicated thing to talk about, but this desire to have a Christian identity separate from the world, I think, leads a lot of Christians to devalue the world and modern day things. And that really creates this divide between Christians and non-Christians that feels really unnecessary to me a lot of the time. And there isn't just Mm. one type of Christian I struggled with that a lot growing up and especially at Whitworth feeling like there was just one type of Christian I was trying to be and I actually stopped going to church for a while after college just it just hurt a lot. I was just feeling like there was something wrong with me for not experiencing my faith the same way as the people around me.
0: A lot of times it feels like the church limits what a woman's experience as a Christian ought to be. Yes, definitely.
1: Women, let alone anyone who has a different experience with gender beyond that, like it just it gets so limiting and I just don't really have any tolerance for that attitude in my life anymore. Like just let people mm-hmm. be who they are and like what they like. Why is that hurting anyone? Right. Think through the places it has in your life and be honest about how it's serving you. But it's really none of anyone else's business if you want to wear lipstick and go to church and have feminine interests.
0: Yeah. And I think of all of the women that Jesus hung out with. Yes. It was so often women who were supporting the disciples mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. It's not like Jesus was telling these women they shouldn't be women.
1: Yeah, like who cares? (laughs) They're helping. Just let them be there. Yeah. Uh, And with Susan, I also love how grace and strength coexist in her character.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah,
1: she's she's so kind, um, but she's just a really strong person in a way that I think people are really quick to dismiss. But if you look at the moments we get with her, she apologizes to Lucy when she's wrong in a really difficult totally. situation. She's really athletic and talented and smart. She accepts Aslan's decision when he tells them they can't come back. And she and Peter really take the role of the older siblings and comfort the younger ones to get them home. And I see that quiet strength in so many people that I care about. I'm, I think about my mom all the time with this kind of stuff. Aww. She just has put up, she's dealt with so much and is just this incredibly strong strong person but I feel like people like that they go unappreciated so much of the time because it's just not as in your face and visible for people to see right it's a trait that gets taken advantage of a lot and I hate that
0: (laughs) Hmm. I feel like a moment that I really learned from Susan is when she is in Tashban and Corinne has gone missing and she is distraught. Yeah. It's so sweet that when she does find him, she just throws her arms around him and she was like, I thought we were the best of friends. How could you treat me like this? I just think that is such a great way to handle that situation. Yeah. You've been put in charge of this child. And rather than being like, I am going to mother you until you can't be mothered anymore. Yes. <laughs> she She calls him a friend. That's so valuable for a young boy.
1: Yes. And it shows there's this trust in their relationship. It's not like yes. you did a bad thing. It's like, no, I thought we had a better relationship than that. I thought we had this trust and you broke that.
0: Also, Corin was lacking a mother and she did yeah. step up into that role in some ways. And that's beautiful. Oh, I
1: love that. Yes. She's great.
0: i like her justice for susan (laughs) honestly i will die on that hill well speaking of Susan moments that we love Jen if you could experience one of Susan's moments in Narnia like if you could be her in that moment which one would you choose? Okay so
1: I picked a quieter one um, from Prince Caspian mostly because Prince Caspian is the only book where we see her as a more developed character (laughs) oh yeah but it's this quieter moment where they've found the armory in the ruins of the castle and she Mm -hmm. gets her bow and the description of it is so beautiful she plucks the bow and that sound is what makes them all truly feel like they're back in Narnia. It's just this moment where they all just come into themselves and who they are. I just love (laughs) thinking about that for Susan and having that be the moment where she's like, I am the queen that I was. And this is who I Uh, this is who I am. And it's so great. And I want to hear that sound.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, and it really tells you how much of a central character Susan actually is in all of their adventures as they grew up and as they became adults, that that was the sound that brought all of their memories back. They must have heard it so much. And that is how present she was. Uh, She's a person who is present. Mm -hmm.
1: Also, her horn is the best gift and I will fight people on that. Oh, it's so so cool. I think it's great.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I love the way that it's portrayed in the movies. There's quite a few things that I struggle with mm-hmm. in the Prince Caspian movies as far as Susan is portrayed, yeah. but the horn itself is gorgeous. Oh,
1: I do love the horn. Yeah, the movies are so interesting. They really go a different direction with her character and, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, develop her in ways that I wish the book would. Yes. But they definitely take a different route with her for sure.
0: Mostly, I struggle with the fact that they're like, oh, it's a beautiful girl. Let's give her romance. Oh, I and know. Like, Can she just. <laughs> (laughs) Be herself and not require a man. Come on. I
1: completely agree with that. Although Prince Caspian is so hot. I do not regret her that at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I love, I think they're flirting and that movie is so cute. Oh, it's adorable. But yes, I also (laughs) completely agree with that. I am holding both truths at the same time.
0: (laughs) You are allowed to do that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I love it. Is there anything that you want to add, Jen? Wear lipstick
1: in many different (laughs) colors.
0: (laughs) Yes. Have fun. What's your favorite lipstick brand? Oh, okay. So I really
1: like... I've had good luck with MAC and their lipstick is good. My mom and I went to a Lady Gaga concert like four years ago, pre-COVID, Ooh. and went and got her makeup done. And I have this great dark purple lipstick that I got for it from MAC. Oh, and it's so one of my favorites. It's almost out. I should have thrown it away years ago, but I'm bad at that. <laughs> um, but I love it so much. And then I just got, it's NYX. I'm horrible at pronouncing things, but it's this lip stain that really doesn't come off which I love <laughs> so I wear, yes, I wear it to work. Yes I am work. all
0: about lipstick yes. because of that you just put it on in the morning and don't even think about it. Yeah I love the rest it. Of the day. It's, awesome. it's
1: perfect and it has a really nice matte finish so I think it just looks really good so mm-hmm. two of my current favorites. <laughs> love it. My friends would be laughing so hard thinking about me recommending lipstick to people because that is not my <laughs> main area of expertise. <laughs>
0: I mean, it is right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Awesome. Aw, Jen, thank you so much for joining me with this. Of course. I will rant
1: about Susan anytime.
0: Uh, As you should. (laughs) She is a literal queen. Yes. (laughs) That's it for now, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you in two weeks for another mini while Katie is away on her honeymoon. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Until then, for Narnia. And for Aslan!
1: <laughs> oh, I had a thought. Damn it. Uh... <laughs> You're fine. Um... Well, we can take it. a minute for you to yeah. think about it. Uh, oh, Thinking about I got archery. it. Okay. Yes. Well, mm-hmm.